Hello, everyone. Welcome to Danny's Diary, the podcast powered by Singing News Magazine. I'm Danny Jones of Singing News Magazine. I am your host today. My guest is the one, the only, Lauren Talley. And I will have to tell everybody right now, if you have heard from Lauren Talley saying that she waited forever to be on Danny's Diary. Waited forever there is, for an invitation. No, no, no. No, no. The invitation arrived early. I sat and sat and sat and stared at my phone, waited for it to ring, waited for a text, waited for a carrier pigeon on my front door. Did one come? Oh, yes. Here we are. What? A year later now? Almost a, a year, year into la- this? Almost a year into this. However, Better late than never. Though. However, the, the phone records show that she was the first one invited. And a year later, she finally arrives. So, it's one of those the check is in the mail kind of things. Yes. Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, as you can tell, Lauren and I have that strange and wonderful relationship. I'm wonderful. She's strange. But I've kind of let it work for me, though. Uh, yes, it has. It's, it's uh, everyone's favorite thing about right. me. You're, you're kind of like the little sister I never wanted but got anyway. Amen. So and anyway. that's God being faithful in your life. Well, we all have our trials that we all have to bear. That's but right. anyway. Jesus going to help you, though. Okay. Lauren has had a very eventful last few months. That's putting it mildly. It was. Um, <laughs> and some big changes are coming your way. Yes. Let's just dive right into that. Of course, uh, those of you who have seen the January issue of Singing News Magazine know that the uh, uh, tallies are stepping away from full-time uh, touring, a uh, little bit of direction change for their lives, slowing down for Roger and Deborah. But Lauren, she's doing everything else but slowing down. <laughs> That's the truth. Mom and Dad are retiring effective um, at the end of 2020. 2020 is the last year for the Tallies to tour full-time as a group. And so we want to make 2020 just the the most special year that we've ever had as a family and as a group. And I want... Um, I want mom and dad to, to look back on this last year with just fond memories and 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 good times and but yeah that it's going to change a lot. They're going to have to get used to staying home and not running all the time. And when you've traveled for forty five years the way that they have, I think that might be a little bit of a, an adjustment. My dad is not the type of person that can ever sit still. He has got to find something to do, and he still is going to have a lot to do. He's going to be involved still in Abraham Productions. He's going to be involved in um, producing, mentoring, working with up-and-coming artists. Uh, he works as part of the A&R team at Crossroads Label Group. And um, so he's still going to have his hands in lots of different pies. Now, Mama, she's always said that if she... Um, tongue-in-cheek speaking it gets rid of this job she don't ever want to have another one (laughs) (laughs) she is looking forward to staying at home but i think she's going to do some more writing she's going to probably be speaking at women's conferences and such and and i think she's really looking forward to just serving in our local church Mm -hmm. which is something that a lot of people take for granted but we've never really gotten to do because we were always gone right never home so it's it's going to be a, an adjustment period for all of us, I think, but it will be it will be right because it's the natural order of things, the natural progression of life, and it's where God is leading us all. And, and you know, one thing is very uh, – you and I have talked about this uh, several times. One thing is very sweet about this particular stepping away, because I don't, I don't want to use the word retirement because that's really not the right word, but your parents – 
are very unassuming. Very. <laughs> in, in their perception of themselves within the Southern gospel music industry. Uh, you and I have, we, we've actually joked about this. You know, they'll make comments about, well, nobody's going to miss us or, or you know, we're, we're just going to quietly step away. Listen, when a Roger and Deborah Talley step away, it's not quiet because they have brought so much quality, so much integrity, so much uh, in the way of musical contributions to the Southern Gospel stage. You don't quietly go away. I tell them all the time that they don't fully grasp how much they mean to people. Uh, and I know because people tell me. They mm-hmm. may not always tell them, but they tell me. And I hear people like, uh, just a few minutes ago, before we started recording, Wayne Hahn was in here telling me how much he loves the Tally's Christmas record from 1988. You know, And he's accomplished everything there is to do in gospel music. And uh, they they still don't grasp, I think, what their music and just what they personally have meant to people all these years and yeah i think they'll definitely be they're they're i don't want to say the loss of them because you know they're not going anywhere but i think they will be missed a lot more than probably they realize right now i agree with that however things uh well let's put it this way the the treadmill of your life <laughs> has suddenly accelerated kicked into high gear yes, yes it has it and has. uh, uh Let's, let's just give a, a, a small example of all the different things that you're going to be involved in. You just had a very surprise phone call not long ago that resulted in a uh, once-in-a-lifetime appearance, and uh, I'm referring to your little visit to the United Nations. That was definitely a God thing. I could never have orchestrated that. Um, I sang in North Carolina uh, a couple months ago, and uh, they – were very, very kind, very gracious. The next morning, my agent called me and said, Hey, Lauren, um, I've just had a call from the United Nations. I went, wait, the one in New York? She said, yeah, the United Nations. My next thought was, okay, what have I done? Mm. (laughs) She said, no, they're having a Christmas luncheon, and they want you to come sing for for the ambassadors at the UN. And I said, well, that's great. I said, what kind of music do they want me to sing? Because I'm thinking, you know, it's the UN. They probably have all kinds of restrictions on what you can and cannot do. She said, oh, they want you to sing gospel music. They said, this is an outreach for for us to share the true meaning of Christmas, that Jesus is the reason for Christmas, and, and this is a, a chance to plant the seed to these ambassadors. I said, well, I can do that. So <laughs> it wasn't long after that uh, that... I uh, went to New York and, and sang for about 60 ambassadors. They came from all over the world, every region of the world. Um, all the ones you hear about on the news today, they were all there. Every religion was represented, every ethnicity. They were all represented, and they could not have been more gracious, more kind, and open and receptive to the message of the gospel. And that was a very, very humbling experience for me. Were you were you surprised at how well you were received? Yes, I really was. By people who uh, go back home to a country where speaking the name of Jesus can get you killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't know very much about their lives. I don't know very much about their culture, their country, except what I've read, what I've seen on TV. But I know that when they go back home, it's not like it is here. Right. Um, 
even being at a Christian event could be very dangerous for some of them. If their governments found out, their lives could be in jeopardy. And we take so much for granted here. Mm -hmm. We complain about having to go to church on a weeknight when uh, when those people um, celebrating Jesus is a a very, very, very big deal. And it was a very sobering experience to, to get to meet them and talk with them a little bit. So what lies ahead for Lauren in the coming months? What, what's, what's on the radar? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I often joke about my solo career. We have an affectionate nickname for it as being uh, the Lauren Talley Solo Circus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's no joke. I am very, very serious about what God is leading me toward, leading me to do. And um, I, am, I am booking quite a few dates already for 2020. So I'm going to be very busy for the next 12 months at least because I'm going to be finishing up touring with the tallies and um, kicking the solo career into high gear. And then as of 2021, I'll be a full-time solo artist. You very, I, very excited about you it. You and I kid about this a lot. Um, but you're very confident on stage. You've had all these years of traveling with, with your parents and you've been a part of multiple other projects that have just literally thrown you in front of audiences all of your life but when you get away from all of that you get in that little quiet corner of your home and you start thinking about what is about to happen do you ever get a just a little bit of that oh my that sure li- that little uh-oh what have i done moment <laughs> sure I, and i'll let you in on a secret it's not really a secret but uh, it's it's not something that you show a lot on the stage. I, I have my own battles to fight, especially when it when I'm on the stage. Um, what you do on stage, you're so exposed, and there's no room to hide on a stage. Right. You're you're vulnerable. You're visible to everybody else, and that that can be that can be very daunting for me at times, and it's. It ha- already has been that way because I've done solo work for, for quite a while now. But that's going to be even more so as I become a full-time solo artist. And um, that, that's that been a struggle for me in the past is to get comfortable with being open uh, and vulnerable with people and share, sharing my struggles and sharing what my life is like when I get off the stage mm-hmm. and I go home or I get on the bus and I wonder, did anybody like that tonight? Did they all hate it? You know, <laughs> and and anybody who holds a microphone and does this for a living will tell you that they think the same things. Um, they might, well, they might not tell you, but they think it. Right. <laughs> they wonder. And others hide it better. Sometimes. Sure. Sure. And, it, and sometimes you feel like you have to hide that, but, but I'm learning sometimes very slowly, but I'm learning that um, you don't always have to hide what's inside. Right. Sometimes it's sometimes it's good for the audience to be let in a little bit. Yeah, to, to, to see you. Yeah. You've spent all of your life in gospel music. Mm-hmm. You've, you've not done anything other than that, other than your school years. So here is the probably the the hypothetical question of the year. Very simple. But if you were not singing gospel music, what would Lauren Talley do? 
I've wondered that myself a lot. And the best answer I can come up with is most people who know me or know of me fairly well, they know that I'm a sports nut. So I would probably be involved in something with sports. I've always been interested in uh, sports broadcasting. Uh, I think it would be cool like to work for ESPN or or something like that. And uh, so I, I think I'd be really interested in that. Or or I would well, like well, to read a, the news. All right. Back back up just a second. Yeah. If, if you were a sportscaster, would you be the play by play or the color commentary? The color analyst. That's for sure. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually got a little taste of that a while back. I um I got to sit in with the head broadcaster of Mercer University and help call uh, one of the Mercer men's basketball games. And I was the guest color analyst that night. And I'll tell you, I gained a new respect for what those people do. It goes by so fast. By the time you think of something to say, there's been four plays that's happened since then, and the moment has passed. Uh, and it's very different than it is watching the game at home on TV. Exactly. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's got to come out of your mouth right yeah. then, and there's no taking it back. None. And you know as well as I kind do. Kind of like being on stage. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you step on a stage more than one time, you've exactly doubled your chances of saying something stupid. Oh, yes. And... uh so is there anything that you've said that immediately, <laughs> that immediately said, oh, I'd give anything if I could take that back? I can't believe I'm about to tell this on the radio, but it's a true story. Um, one night I decided, this was when I was um, singing with mom and dad. One night I decided I was going to be funny and cut up with the audience a little bit. And I pointed out somebody on about the third or fourth row, and I said, and I was going to pick at him a little bit, and I said, ma'am, uh, you did da 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 And behind me, I heard Mama go, that's not a woman. <laughs> and she was right. It wasn't a woman. And so I just had to. Um... Is that when you look over at your dad and say, hit the track? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, praise God. Let's sing something. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that That's probably the dumbest thing I've done thus far. But in my defense, um, it, it's kind of hard to tell. So, <laughs> And the lighting was bad. Uh, yeah, bad lighting. Bad and, lighting. And my eyes aren't that good. Right. So, and you yeah. were the, – the front row was several feet away from the stage. Oh, oh yeah. At least, yeah. At least a couple. Okay. Where's, <laughs> where, where's the most unusual place you have performed with your family? Oh, man. Well, there's been a few. Um I've performed in um, many barns, as most gospel groups have. Um, but but now a lot of the barns that host gospel concerts are, are done up really nice, you know, mm-hmm. where they're like event centers. But every no, now and then. I've, I've sung in some that were just straight up barns that right. still had the horse stalls and the cow stalls there and still had the straw and the hay and all that. Uh Every gospel singer has sung on the back of a flatbed trailer, so that's not even that unusual. Right, no, that, that, um, that's standard. Yeps. Yeah, we've sung in caves. Lot, lots of them have done that. Um, you just never know. You really just never know. Exactly. <laughs> Our guest today on Danny's Diary is Lauren Talley, uh, currently a member of the Tallies, but uh, also a solo artist. Uh, has a lot of things going on in the world of gospel music, and she is also a monthly writer of Singing News Magazine. You can find her column, The Timothy Chronicles, in every issue of Singing News Magazine. And if you are not receiving Singing News Magazine every month, we can fix that. All you need to do is dial 800-527-5226 
or visit singingnews.com, and you can read all the things that are going on in Southern Gospel music, including Lauren's column, The Timothy Chronicles. Lauren, let's talk about The Timothy Chronicles. What was the inspiration for The Timothy Chronicles? I wanted to provide a resource of encouragement for the people who are actually in ministry, for the artists that sing gospel music. There's a lot of people who read the singing news who either pastor a church or teach Sunday school or sing themselves, maybe not full-time, but they sing. And there aren't that many resources out there for those people to find encouragement and somebody that comes along to say, hey, I know what you're going through because I do it too. So I wanted to... Um, I wanted to give that, and the books of First and Second Timothy, that's basically what they are. The Apostle Paul is talking to a young disciple who's just starting to pastor a church, Timothy, and uh, he's providing him with lots of good advice, and there's a lot that we can learn from those things. And you know, that, that, that article has been in the magazine now for, what, almost two years? Two years. Two mm-hmm. years, and uh, it's one of the most popular articles in Singing News Magazine. So make sure if you follow the music of Lauren Talley, you add this to your collection too, because uh, Lauren is also a very gifted writer. And uh, here's one of those brother-sister conversations that we're going to let you in on. Lauren is one of those writers who is an absolute, to the point of being unnerving, perfectionist oh very rarely i often say i'm a recovering perfectionist yes, but sometimes very, the recovery goes very slowly <laughs> very rarely do i get just one version of the timothy chronicles there's usually version one. Oh, and a few hours later version two mm-hmm. and then maybe a day later version three wanders in because th- i read it over and over again after i've sent it and i go oh no that word should be better Th- that word should be this or right. blah 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 <laughs> and you and i have had extended text conversations and a few phone conversations of one simple word yeah. which word are we Do going you think to think this word is better right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's it's hilarious to be honest with you but uh at the end of the day everybody walks away and says all right that's a great article so you've also uh, written a few books. Are you, we got one book. Is there another book in the works? There is another book in the works. I am working on a Timothy Chronicles book of uh, some of the articles that have been featured in the magazine and some that have not. Right. Uh, because although First and Second Timothy are short books, they are still so rich and so full of wisdom and, and full of content that I don't think you can ever exhaust that. The Word always has something new to, to show us. And because our lives are always changing and we're always changing as people, uh, the Scripture itself says the Word of God's living and active. So it always has something fresh and something new for us. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping to get a Timothy Chronicles book out before too long. Lauren, I think this is the first time that the name Carol Burnett oh, has yes. ever been uttered on a Danny's Diary Which podcast. Which is a crying shame. It is. Um, again, going back to some of our text messages, we'll get started talking about uh, one of her articles or uh, some concert that we've just worked together for whatever reason. And one of us will just go into a classic line from a Carol Burnett program and before you know it, we've got the whole, th- we whole script. We've finished the whole scene. What is the appeal of that to us? I mean, I'm, I'm asking honestly. We, we have very similar personalities, yes, and, and that type of thing. Why 
did we lock on to Carol Burnett? That's a time when you actually had to be funny or talented in order to be on TV. <laughs> Well, and they, those those people were just so brilliant and so gifted, and they genuinely enjoyed what they did. And they, you could tell, they themselves had a great time. Oh, while they, they, they were had doing more it. fun than the they audience. They had more did. fun than the audience, and they weren't afraid to just say whatever would get a laugh in the moment. And that's something that I admire a lot in other people mm-hmm. because I'm very much a type of person that. Is always careful to just say and do the right thing exactly. And I really admire people who can just let go and they don't care. They, it just is whatever. Yeah, it just and happens. it's always better for it. Right. And, and, and honestly, too, let's, let's, let's be honest about it. That was in a day and time when uh, political correctness was not at the level that it is right. now. And oh, you could never get by with some of that no, stuff on TV now. No. But at, at the same time, you and I find ourselves going into – Mickey and Eunice mode way too often. Let me tell y'all something. I have left entire voicemails for him in Eunice Higgins's voice. Yes. Danny. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, what are you doing, Danny? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, she's not making this up, y'all. I mean, I, she's telling the 100% truth. But in all fairness, I've done the same thing to her. And, uh, every now and then when we, we do work a concert together and we're, if somebody else is out in front and we're kind of on the back line for whatever reason, we'll just go into that mode repeating the latest or our favorite Carol Burnett sketch while something's going on on stage. It's it's a little distracting to the others, but we're having a great time. Hey, I was about to say, you got to make your own fun. You can't depend on anybody else to entertain you. At the Fan Awards a couple of years ago, I was on tap to present a couple of the awards. Mm-hmm. And... When it came time for me to walk out on stage, Danny had told the band ahead of time to play the Carol Burnett Show theme song as I walked out. I'm so glad we had this time together. And I was so focused on what I was supposed to be doing, I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even catch it. She missed it. I did. We had to go back and play it for her on the video. Hey, yeah, I watched it. it on the video. I went, "What? Well, that, that's pretty cool, right, right. there." <laughs> so we, yeah, we went to all this trouble, and we didn't even get a nod or nothing, you know. But anyway, but 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 again, you know, everybody has a stress reliever, yeah, uh, to get away from reality. Uh, that's it. That that that's one thing that works for me. Works for mm-hmm. you. And, that uh, and Andy Griffith. Yes, the good old days. Is of that TV. not the best TV show ever done? If not, it's got to be awfully close. Got to be very close. I right. really think it's God's favorite TV show. Right. So if anybody's looking for Christmas gifts for Lauren Talley, <laughs> we have given you significant hints, and you can repeat. Don't this get me by- the DVDs. I already have them all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried. Okay. So Lauren, let's talk about new recordings. You've just released uh, two new projects through Crossroads. Mm-hmm. One is very traditional. One is not very traditional, and uh, but they're complementing each other extremely well. I have a hymns project called Loudest Praise, Hymns of Mercy, Love, and Grace. And I chose several hymns that are not as widely sung as some others are. Because uh, there's so many hymns records out there now. Just about every artist has one. And a lot of them have a lot of the same songs because everybody likes How Great Thou Art and Blessed Assurance and It Is Well With My Soul. There's not a thing wrong with that. I love those songs. But I wanted to find some gems that maybe we don't hear as often and remind people, hey, this is still a great song. So I have uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, 
one of my favorite songs and the very first one that I picked for the hymns record, Does Jesus Care? And that song means a lot to me because there's been a lot of times, especially in the last several years of life, where I've sat in my living room and I've yelled at the ceiling and cried out to God, God, do you really, do you see what I'm going through here? Do you even care? And that song was used by the Lord. Oh, yes, he cares. Yeah, I still care. Doesn't mean I'm going to change everything right now, but yeah, I still care. That song and uh, His Eyes on the Sparrow, I think that's been played on the radio quite a bit lately. That's one of my grandma's favorite songs. I sang that song at her funeral Mm. last year. And uh, several of my other favorite hymns are on there. What a Friend We Have in Jesus, uh, the old Song in the Redback Hymnal, When God Dips His Love in My Heart. We've got a lot of got a fun arrangement of that. And probably the greatest written song I think I have heard, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. That makes up my hymns record. And then I also wanted to do a record of newer songs that are sung in church, because I sing in a lot of churches who... Um, are singing newer music, a lot of more contemporary music. And I truly believe that a good song is a good song is a good song. And if you wrap it in the right package, you can take a great lyric and it can apply to everybody and be received by anybody. So I took songs like What a Beautiful Name It Is, The Name of Jesus Christ My King. I put that on a worship album called Glorious God, songs of worship and wonder and i sing what a beautiful name just about everywhere i go just about every night it never fails to usher in a spirit of genuine worship there are songs that we can sing that get people to clap there's songs that inspire people to stand up and most people who do what i do we know how to get the audience excited but what we can't do is bring in what we can't do is manufacture worship right and i don't want that i i I love it when a song just takes on a life of its own and god just uses it in spite of how i might sing it or what i might do with it and people genuinely encounter god through that song that's what i want and that's what i see a lot i love that Our guest today has been Lauren Talley, and you can keep up with everything going on in the world of Lauren Talley by reading Singing News Magazine, or you can find her on the web by going to laurentalley.com. You can find me on Facebook, Lauren Talley Music. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and my official YouTube channel. And there you have it. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Danny's Diary. Be looking for our next episode. It's coming your way soon.